1: This is the Greg Bedard Patriots Podcast with Nick Cattles.
0: He's Greg Bedard. I'm Nick Cattles. This is the Greg Bedard Patriots Podcast with Nick Cattles. Episode number 27. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review the podcast. Let's jump right into it, Greg. A little short on time today. Uh, The Cardinals, the win. It was a win, but it wasn't pretty.
1: Yeah, I didn't. Watching back the film, I thought, look they they obviously had some successful plays on um on defense especially uh special teams came up a couple times Uh, you know I thought the Gunnar Olszewski punt was really more about the poor punt by the Cardinals how short it was and didn't allow their uh their return unit to uh set up uh certainly some timely plays on defense including um the fourth down stop but you know, I had a real hard time watching that game and say and saying it was highly successful for the Patriots. I thought that uh, offensively they were uh, completely challenged, and at this point they are uh, they're being hindered by the quarterback at at this point. And uh, as I wrote my column off of the game, um, I'm ready to look at other options because at, at this point it's it's not good enough. I thought defensively it was it was tough for me to really you know, get excited about what I saw um, for a couple different reasons. Number one, Kyler Murray was uh, obviously diminished in this game. He was – that. if you thought that was the f- full Kyler Murray experience, what, what Nick and I have been talking about, what other people have been talking about this season in terms of he could be an MVP candidate, offensive player of the year candidate, what you saw on Sunday was not that. It's just that's not who he was. The right shoulder that he hurt against Seattle – uh, what we saw in the second half of that game was pretty much what we saw in this game. They didn't really want to put his health at risk until probably till there was about 12 minutes left in the game. And, you know, also, you know, when the, when the Cardinals get the ball uh, with like almost seven minutes, I'm just looking it up right now, 6.57 left in the first half, and they hold the ball for the rest of the first half, I'm sorry, but I have a tough time saying that you're playing really good defense in that game. And so that's overall, that's sort of where I was in this game.
0: See, I've got a little bit of a problem, and I want to push back (laughs) on the idea of, well, you know, Murray was compromised. I feel like we had the same conversation when the Patriots played well against the Chiefs. And my issue is I do think we can give this team some credit. And if we keep going, well, this team didn't play as well as it could, and that's why the Patriots won, that's a disservice to the Patriots. I do think when they win, even if they win ugly, hey, they won. This team is not a very good team, and, and they're going to go through some things. They're going to have halves of football that they don't play well. I certainly don't expect this defense to be spectacular, but the way I look at it is they were atrocious against Houston. They took a step forward on Sunday, and I think that is a positive. And I do think that early on Arizona tried to call some runs and some options for Murray. I thought the Patriots did a decent job on the edge.
1: They weren't they did not early. call they did not do that. They didn't call any design runs for for Kyler Murray early in the game. They didn't. They just didn't. They did they didn't turn them loose. And and Nick, I, I respect the opinion, but when the team has drives of twelve twelve plays, sixty-three yards, fifteen plays, seventy-one yards, sixteen plays seventy-eight yards. I'm sorry, I have a tough time saying. It. Well, what happened to we, Ben?
0: Don't break. Like, what happened to the idea of okay? They give those up defenses yards weren't the...
1: good either, which we learned in hindsight.
0: Oh, well, what the? I'm not saying that the defense is good. What I'm saying is, every time this defense goes against a good offense and they play better than expected, it's because the offense didn't do a good enough job. It's like, well, well, what are we doing here?
1: Like, are we? Let, let me ever... ask you this, Nick. Nick, let me ask you this. Wh- what percentage do you think Kyler Murray was on Sunday?
0: I don't know. I I hate percentages. Seventy-two point seven. I I I don't know.
1: I mean, he was clearly like (laughs) like for people to say like this is the they just stopped the the highest rated. He uh, wasn't the
0: same uh, guy. He wasn't the same guy, obviously. But he played. He he was he was healthy enough to play football, right? He was out there, and and maybe they held off on the called plays. And maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I didn't see the two or three plays that I thought they called for him in the first half, and I thought the edge played well. Maybe I'm wrong about that. Maybe I'm wrong. But all I know is it seems to me that when this team wins, we find reasons why the other team didn't play well enough to say, well, that's why the Patriots won. Well, I do think the Patriots did some good things. I do think the Patriots defense played better than expected against this Cardinals offense. I was the guy last week saying that, uh, Oh, after seeing Houston, I can't imagine even if Kyler Murray isn't 100%, I can't imagine this offense not scoring 27 points or more. And, and here we are they, they scored 17. Like, so I'm just wondering, what are we supposed to do? We, we crap on this team when they play like crap, which we should, but now when they play and they win a game against a team that I thought they were going to lose to, and I thought their defense was going to get eviscerated. Am I supposed to criticize them now after a win? Like, uh, again, I, I think we can nitpick and say, well, this wasn't good. This wasn't good, but it's a sliding scale. Like, when I go into a game with this team, Greg, <clears throat> I look at the, I look at them and I say, this is what I expect. I don't expect great football. I don't expect this defense to be nails. I, I hope that they play better than they played the week before. And to me, they played well enough to win on Sunday. And I, I just go back to that Mahomes thing where it was, well, I don't know if he was healthy. You, you said that after that game. And it's like, well, so when they play okay against a good quarterback, it's because the quarterback's not healthy or something wrongs with the offense. Like, I just – I don't – my brain doesn't commute that way, like compute that way. I look at it and I say, okay, well, Arizona's been pretty good on offense all season long, and even if Murray isn't 100%, the way the Patriots have played defense, even with a Murray at 80%, I think that team could score up to 30 points. And the fact that they held them to 17, I'm sorry, I think that's a positive. I think that's good news. I don't think it's something, well, oh, well, they – you know that this happened and then that happened, then they just have a 75-yard drive. Super Bowl seasons when defenses weren't great, that was the bend, don't break. They didn't give up, you know, any any touchdowns. Good job by them. They let them, they let them gain yards between the 20s, but they shut it down. Now this year, when the team's not good, it's well, you know, they were just lucky. They were, they had, they gave up those long drives, man. But they were lucky because if this play happened for the Cardinals, they might have scored a touchdown. If that play happened, I mean, I, I just. I,
1: I, 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 you made your point. I, I, I okay. can I respond now? Yeah. Like, like, I understand. I look. Some of what you say is valid, and some of what you're, you're, but you're bringing years of baggage into this. You're bringing, you're bringing earlier games. I'm going off of this game, right? And c- coming into this game, I picked the Patriots. I picked yeah. them to win twenty-four twenty. Why? Because I said they were going to be an undis. The Cardinals were going to be an undisciplined mess, which is exactly what they were on special teams on offense. On defense, that Cliff Kingsbury would get his ass out coached, which he did because he made stupid mistakes. But I'm sorry, I go on and, and I'm not, I'm not, I don't care about Patrick Mahomes. I don't care about five Super Bowls ago. I care about what happened on Sunday. And what I saw on Sunday was a Kyler Murray who clearly did not want to get hit. He got rushed. He's thrown off his back legs. He didn't even think about scrambling. He didn't do anything. That was not even, that was 50% of what Kyler Murray usually is. And that's just a fact. That's a fact. That is not dissing the Patriots. I'm giving you a fact that that was not Kyler Murray on Sunday. And also, you know, getting getting lucky, Christian Kirk dropped the touchdown pass no before halftime. No doubt about He just about it. dropped it. No doubt about it. And, and look, I'll give the Patriots credit, and I did for, you know, for Jason McCourty making that 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 tackle to to hold them up at the one yard line, and Adam Butler getting in. You know, I give them credit for the plays that they deserve. But like, I'm sorry, but when they miss a game winning field goal, and then you're playing basically to get to overtime where you probably would have kicked off to the other team because your offense is so bad, I'm sorry, but I did in this circumstance, just in this game, I have a tough time saying that the Patriots like clearly won this game. I thought the Cardinals okay. gifted this game to you so and you took matter. it, which is good, which history is good doesn't... because earlier in the season, I don't think they were capable of, of accepting a game like this. Okay.
0: So history doesn't matter. Trends don't matter. Got it. Uh, Correct. Let's just break it down game by game. I disagree with that, but we'll we'll move on. I'll also say that, you know, if we're going to play the whole Christian Kirk drop the touchdown, well, the officials also called a double, D, uh, you know, double pass interference, which gave the Arizona Cardinals an extra down, and they missed DeAndre Hopkins punching Stephon Gilmore in the face before Gilmore should called offensive
1: pi on 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 uh, Hopkins on that. It was clearly it was it was a one way. It should have been one way. It should have been on Gilmore. Okay. I'm know. just giving you my opinion on these okay, calls cuz cool. I know I you're thought, you're a big official guys, guy. Here's what I think. Here's what I think on that play. Cuz Anthony gonna... Jennings' play was absolutely correctly called.
0: Okay. Well, before we get to the Jennings call, let's talk about the double PI that I just talked about. Um, I disagree with you. I think it's both guys. I think they're both fighting for the football. I think they're both fighting for position. And in that situation, let them go. Don't throw a flag. Let it be. I thought Hopkins got away with some stuff. I thought Gilmore got away with some stuff. And to me, it was like an NBA double technical. Don't call it. There's no use for it. You know, the Cardinals punt the ball. That's it. Hopkins messed around. Gilmore messed around. It's a wash. That's it. Down over. Let's move on. The double PI is ridiculous. The play in the end zone. And I know you went at me on Twitter about, oh, well, he grabbed and There's no doubt that Gilmore held him in the end zone. But there's also no doubt that Hopkins punched him in the face when he was trying to – before he got to the top of his route. So what are we doing Side here? of the
1: helmet. So I, I'm just so telling you it, what I you, – you, you're giving it, me your opinion like, on, on the flag. Go, I'm telling right, you my opinion.
0: Hold on, hold on. So you can go to the side of the helmet? You yes, can,
1: you, that's legal. You can hit him. So He brushed uh, the side of his helmet. Brushed the Gilmore side-back. grabbed his jersey and pulled it towards him.
0: Okay, well, to me I, it
1: was clearly a foul. On I thought
0: differently. I thought that Hopkins went hands to the face, and then I thought Gilmore reacted to that to try to hold him back because he just got swatted in the face. As far as the Jennings play, you know, we can talk about that as well. Is the momentum going towards the goal line? Did he stop? Did he stop at that point and set himself up to block the guy? All those kinds of things. And we can go by the letter of the law and we can say, well, this happened and that happened. And, you know, to me, when the guy has like 10 yards of lead in time and Jennings stops his momentum and stands there and blocks the dude, you know, I think you let that go. And I understand about the, oh, he's carried toward. To me, he was not running towards the end zone, which I think is what the rule is for. It's for a guy that's running towards the end zone. Everybody is running towards that goal line, and a dude blindsides him from the side or behind. That, to me, is a blindside block. When you've got somebody who is trying to block a kick, a, a punt return, and he clearly stops his body at, what was it, the 20 or so? And the, the, the dude that is on the kick team on the punt team is is running directly at him and they're looking at each other and he gets blocked. I I think that should be let go. I think that's a block. I I think that's a block. So again, we, we can, that's a different discussion.
1: Let me just give you my view. I thought, I thought uh, I want that play called. I thought Jennings stopped, launched himself towards the upper body. I want those calls out of the game. I am fine with that call. As far as your, uh, offsetting, let them go. I in the moment I said, yeah, I I agreed with you. But also, let's also not uh, forget about the fact that that play call happened at the Arizona forty, and the Patriots failed to stop Arizona on the next one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, four, fourteen plays, including two two penalties in the red zone. Yeah, uh, you know when they were, you know, basically tackling people. So right. I just wanna, I just wanna give right. the other side to those calls. Sure,
0: well. sure. So the stop that happened that was taken away doesn't count because they f- didn't stop them after that play. I got yep. it. Mm-hmm. I, I just, you know, I, I think when when we look at these things, they tend to even out and. You know, the Isaiah Simmons call on Cam Newton was, was questionable, right? So it evens out. I, I just
1: Yeah, but I, you're complaining about you're saying that the the calls were slanted. You just were gifted a field goal at the well, end of the were. game.
0: Well, what what I'm saying is is if you want to go tit for tat and say the Hopkins play wasn't there, then then you could say all right, well the Simmons play wasn't there.
1: My my point. That's always, why I don't. That's why I don't get into officiating because I, it doesn't matter. Right, because we you can we, overcome plays. Right, which I you think should, if you're good enough, you can I
0: mean, overcome I it, calls. I mean, I think it's ridiculous. I, I think to overlook bad officiating and to overlook injury like some people do. Those are my two favorite things. Like two favorite things. Oh, we're we're gonna we're gonna overlook things you know, when it's convenient for our argument, like bad officiating exists. And if bad officiating allows a drive to continue or allows a score to happen, then then we should talk about it. Like if there's a penalty that doesn't get called or does get called and it affects directly a touchdown drive, to not talk about that is disingenuous. To just say, oh, well, they're supposed to play up, you know, play better and just, you know, stop yep. them after that. Well, they did their job in the first place. And then it was taken away, right? On an officiating call. And I'm not talking about just Sunday. I'm talking about an overall philosophy. Like officiating is part of the game, whether you want to accept it or not. And if it's bad, it gets in the way of a game, it gets in the way of touchdown drives and field goal drives. And if we just try to wipe that out and go, oh, officiating doesn't matter, I mean, I I think it's, I think that's borderline ridiculous. Uh, Officiating does matter. Does it cost teams games all the time? No, but critical calls at critical junctures. I think, deserve to be talked about and not swatted to the side. Let's talk about Cam Newton because he obviously deserves to be talked about. I find it interesting because earlier you said you're now pretty much off of the camp thing. And I saw Tom Curran write something similarly uh, over the last day or so. And it seems to me that some people who were saying, hey, you know, Cam in 2021 would make some sense are now backing away from that, including you. So what was it like specifically this week that that changed you from saying well maybe you know he he deserves an opportunity next year to prove himself or whatever the case may be to you saying I'm totally done with him this is it forget about it
1: Well to tell you the truth I'm not totally done with camp for 2021 I'm done with him okay. for the season cuz oh, Okay all right it, Curran said that he's done for next year yeah. me okay. I'm I'm open to it depending on what he gets paid because you know, I don't think it's been – it hasn't been a total disaster or anything. And I think that, uh, you know, with a whole offseason and more indoctrination into the offense in normal, more normal circumstances, then uh, he could be a viable player and obviously brings a lot of intangibles, including leadership. And uh, I don't – you know, there's a value on that. And so I'm I'm not completely done with 2021. I am done – with this year, I thought he's made very slow, incremental progress this year. And so, um, you know, But it were, it, this was week 12. Like, yeah. it, it's been a long time since COVID. He's been on this team for a long time. He just he couldn't function as a quarterback. Basically, he was Mark Sanchez on the field the other day. Where the team, where the other team, and they're, this is becoming more and more of a factor. We all thought, and I did, I said it that Cam's legs are going to make a difference for this offense. They're going to open things up. It's going to make the passing game better just by his presence. Well, we're at the point now where his right arm and his decision-making in the passing has completely negated that and it's gone the other way. Like Teams are now completely stacking the box. They are daring the Patriots to throw. They cannot. He cannot complete any – he can complete a few simple passes. That's about it. Anything outside the numbers – you know, without a large cushion from the other team, uh, he can't complete. It's just, it's they can't function as a passing offense, and I don't see how they can continue to win games without that element. and And I just think that unless Jared Stidham's a complete disaster, then I would take a look at that. Now, I will say, do I think that's going to happen? No, because I think Belichick has painted himself into a corner. With this team, oh bless you. Um, With uh, you know, sort of the lack of talent on this team, but also with Cam's contract, like I think he, I think there's some overriding guilt on his part, or he knows he completely screwed Cam Newton on his contract, that he he didn't even give him more money when he had more money, which they do right now. Like this is again, this is another reason why I said give Cam a boost, guarantee his incentives keep some incentives in where he could go to another level if they do really well. But now Belichick's to the point where now he knows, all right, well, I've already screwed cam on the contract and everybody on this team knows, you know, now, like what now I'm going to bench him. Like, I think if he was paying him $7 million, he could bench him and, mm-hmm. and, and have some standing. I just think he's painted himself into a corner at this point.
0: What confuses me is, you know, I, I watch this team each and every week and I feel like you and I discussed this last week where there was progression. Like we saw Cam make some throws and we saw this offense move the football at least somewhat with the passing offense. Not all the time, not consistently. I'm not saying Cam has been spectacular, but, you know, we sat down last week and we said he's not really the reason why this team's losing. And, you know, he's playing well enough and he's... You know, he's he's making some of the throws, and McDaniels has figured out what this offense is. And then Sunday happens. And, and it reminds me of like going back to the San Francisco game when he was just bad. And I don't know whether to just throw him out and say it's over. I feel like, you know, I, I would be going against what I have said for the past eleven weeks. And, you know, he has shown the ability to come back from an ugly game like we saw on Sunday. So, You know, against the Chargers on on Sunday this weekend, is he going to go back and and be okay? Not great, but okay. I I don't know. This might be who he is, right? I mean, the way I look at this is if you can get three or four good weeks from Cam and then a clunker, then is that better than going with Stidham and maybe getting, you know, two or three clunkers in a row? Like, that's kind of where I'm at with this. Like, there is no, you know, there is no
1: perfect answer. Yeah, that's the, that's the thing about this. And we, you and I don't know. Nobody really has any idea right? Um, about, you know, the whole X factor is how good is Stidham. Like, is he ready? Like, yeah. maybe he wasn't ready without an offseason, you know, coming into his second year. It's week 12 or 13. Maybe he's doing a lot of great things behind the scenes. None of us has any idea. And I haven't heard uh, anything about that. And, you know, I'm just looking back at sort of my grades for Newton because um, I've been doing this year-long comparison to Brady. And, uh, you know, since San Francisco, I had him for three and a half out of five, the Jets three and a half, two and a half against Baltimore, two and a half against Houston. Um, This game will be probably a half. Uh, And I was looking at my grades for the the Houston game, and he actually, he was more like 50-50, maybe a little bit more on the minus plays in that game. That's if you don't, uh dock him for the batted passes but I just my thing is like look now we know what now we know what Cam Newton is and now the whole rest of the league knows what Cam Newton is and now teams are playing the Patriots differently uh their narrow path on offense has gotten even more narrow and just we know what Cam is like let's take a look at Stidham like with a real real prep a whole week's worth of starters reps Um, you know, Cam's not going anywhere. Nobody's handing him a starting job after the season, but what he's put on the field. And so, you know, why not look at Stidham without any preseason and things like that? Why not give him a real look right now with games that really mean something? Like, who knows? Maybe maybe he pops.
0: It's a tricky situation because I understand what you're saying. And I've gone back and forth in my head over the past couple of days thinking about what they should do with Cam and, and how to handle this quarterback situation. I think it's made more difficult because, you know, they have been winning some games. And so what have they won three out of the last four, I think. So, you know, maybe Belichick is looking at this and going, yeah, you know, maybe Stidham could be slightly better than cam, but we've won three out of four. Uh, You know, we we kind of have this team going in, in one direction right now. Why throw a different element in the middle of it? Like, if if we can get by with Cam and and we win a game with that as bad as he played on Sunday, we don't think he's going to consistently be that bad. We think we can win some games here with him towards the end of the season. So, you know why why throw the unpredictable unknown element into all of this? And, and maybe you know some of the locker room is pro Cam and they believe in yep. Cam. And maybe Belichick's saying, "Listen, it's not great. It's not going to be great. But if we find ways to win." And the team believes in this guy and he's at, he's at least leading us, then we're gonna leave him in. And I, I think if this was a three-game losing streak, Belichick might be talking differently. But because they've won the last, you know, three out of the last four or whatever, you know, if you, you look at the Houston game, obviously, then they, they won two before that. They win against Arizona. So he's looking at it going. You know, and the offense didn't play terrible against Houston. The defense was awful. So if the defense played better against Houston, we might be looking at a four game win streak. And everybody's talking differently about this team at six and five. So I think Belichick's looking at it in the hole. And I, I think we're looking at it individually, which I understand. But I, I think Belichick's looking at this and saying, Well, you know, we're five and six. We've we've won three out of four. Uh, before Sunday against Arizona, he wasn't great, but he was he was good. He was okay. I don't feel like Stidham's gonna be that much of a boost. So why am I going to throw that wild card into the middle of a season that we're dealing with all this other crap already?
1: Yep. I I, I think that's a lot of it. I think a lot of it is the locker room and things like that. I just think it's I think it's unfair for Belichick to conduct himself this way when if if Cam was play say Cam was playing safety on this team. And, uh, he had a terrible game, you know, like he did on Sunday and he had actually been declining, which that's my opinion that since like Buffalo and the jets, he's been steadily declining since then, almost like earlier in the season when he was, you know, good against Miami and Seattle. And then, um, you know, Vegas was terrible. And then he came back from COVID and he was terrible against Denver and San Francisco. I feel like we're on another downward trend, but I just think I think he. I think Belichick is treating people differently uh, in this case, and I just I don't think it's fair. And I think it's I, I think there's enough evidence there to say. Uh, and again, this is going on the, you know, where of the opinion that that Stidham would be some sort of upgrade in the passing. Yeah, we yeah. don't know that, and, and it could and be moved.
0: And that's my question. You know, my right. my question, like. It, with the safety analogy, if you feel like you've got a safety who could play better or, you right. know, you don't lose much out of it, then, of course, you make that move. Also, a safety, as you know, is is not a quarterback, and a quarterback has that leadership mentality, and he talks to the media, and he he plays a much different and bigger role within the landscape of a team roster. So I think that goes into it, and, you know, I, I try to pull myself away from everything, and it's it really comes down to a simple question, like it, to me, if Belichick thought Stidham was better, he'd be playing. Like, if you think the guy I who,
1: I see, I don't know if that's true now with the contract. I that's and that's sort of my point. I don't know if that's true. I don't. Okay. Well, I, and, I mean, listen, it, yeah.
0: Unfortunately, we'll never know because right. <laughs> unless we see Stidham play, we'll never know. And, and from what we've seen of Stidham, he hasn't been good. And I was a Stidham Correct. guy. I liked him at Auburn. I thought he had a chance to be a starter in the league. I, I liked Stidham coming out. But, you know, we haven't seen it translate to the NFL level. So at this point, you know, it's either you say the contract and, you know, maybe that's what's going on. Or you just look at it from what we've seen and say, you know, Stidham's not that much better if he's even better at all. And so why throw that into the mix right now during a crazy season as it is with COVID? Now you've got the L.A. trip coming up where you're staying out there like. I just feel like this is one of those years, if you're a head coach in the league, you're trying to find some continuity and consistency, and to take Cam out, to throw Stidham in, if, again, the premise is if Stidham isn't a, a giant boost or even just better, I, Belichick probably looks at that and says it, it's too much of a risk right now. Like, in this year, with how funky it is, let's just try to ride the wave. Like let's Let's try to fight through this thing and, you know, not pull a move just to pull a move. But it's really difficult to say um, because, again, we don't know what Stidham or who Stidham is. We haven't we haven't mm-hmm. seen him with full weeks of practice and out there with the ones. And, you know, he really hasn't been given a, a fair shot as it is either. Like jumping into Kansas City at halftime or, or after the first drive of third quarter, you know, yeah. in that game, that, that's not necessarily a perfect spot for him either. So nope. I, I, it's an interesting debate because if if you treated him like a starting quarterback, maybe he does play better or maybe Belichick see stuff at practice, see stuff, you know, in the facility that makes him say, I just don't think this guy's going to be an upgrade. So why am I going to pull the plug in during a crazy year already? Make that move uh, quickly yep. before we get to the member question of the day. I did want to ask you about Nikhil Harry. Listen, I-, I thought he was awful on Sunday. I would think yep. most people thought he was awful on Sunday. What are you seeing from him? And I don't know, just how ugly is it?
1: Yeah, I do. He's, it's it's bad he has no clue and I thought McDaniel's quote today was uh and and basically he said something along the lines of uh you know normally they say oh we all have a lot to work on and he basically said like you know he basically that that Nikhil has no shortage of stuff he needs to uh he needs to work on and so I thought that was pretty pretty pointed for a uh, Patriots assistant coach to say that, you know, was bad. I had him for, you know, he had a holding penalty. that was bad. He had the drop, even though that penalty was not machine, a machine, by the way. Yeah, not oh. a, it, it, the drop was not a good pass from Newton, but he still needs to catch that. Yep. He had another poor run block where he cost uh, Damian Harris eight yards. That was Nikhil's blown block on that play. Uh, let's just, it's, it, I, I would, I would assume now with Dante Moncrief being more in the mix, Eventually, you think Isaiah Ford would be active and maybe play at some point um that Nikhil Harry's snaps are gonna plummet to what have you. and let's just let's just move him to tight end and get that going for next year because uh, I'm done with him at receiver. It's time to make him a move tight end inside, bulk him up a little bit. Maybe he can do something there because right now he's not a receiver. He's not
0: that's an interesting idea. and like, you know, It's a shame because I felt like earlier in the season he was showing signs of improvement, and I thought you could build off of that. And then right around the COVID time, San Francisco, right around that time, it just a marked decline again from him. And, you know, if things went differently, who knows? But at this point, you watch him and he's not adding anything to the team. And so, Mm -hmm. you know, you've got to try something else, I would imagine. And, you know, I still think McDaniel should have tried to get him the football a little bit more early in the season with some simple things, simple concepts, just to get the football in his hands to try to build that confidence. Um, mm-hmm. And I also think, you know, some of this is Cam as well. Like, Harry was open underneath on Sunday, and Cam doesn't just give him the football and see what he can do. He He holds it, he holds it, he holds it, and he waits for Harry to try to get to the sticks. And it's like, well, I mean, at a certain point, he's the under... Just throw him the crossing route or whatever and see if the guy can make a play. Like, just give him the football. And so I think there's a a, a combination of things and factors, but there's no doubt Harry has been a big miss, and it's, it's just, you know, it's one of those assets that you spent on a position of need, and it looks like you swung and missed big time, which is critical to this team's success and, yep. and to try to find that next step for this offense. Uh, boston sports journal member question of the day check us out over at bsj 11 cents a day on the annual plan not only do you get top-notch analysis of all the boston pro sports but if you're a pats fan and of course you are membership at bsj gives you access to a ton of video analysis Bedard does on the coach's film and direct access to him in weekly chats and hey listen to this don't forget the cyber monday deal which is the only deal that bsj does every year It's going until Wednesday at midnight, so take advantage of that. Let's go to Torco1. Greg, you have followed this team for a long time. You followed Belichick for a long time. When Jimmy G was kicking around, a lot of the players uh, stated Jimmy had it, whatever it is, but it was positive. Do you hear that ever when around the players about Stidham? Off the record, of course. Uh, Belichick is about to get very stubborn. The more the populace shouts for Stidham, so do you hear the kinds of things you heard about Jimmy G about Jared Stidham?
1: Yeah, that's it's it's tough to answer uh, because you know, number one, uh, Torco, we're you know we're in the middle of the pandemic, so we we're, we're not in the locker room like yeah. we normally would be and be able to pull a guy to the side, and that's where you get those answers really. Like you know, now we're on a Zoom where. You know, everybody can see, everybody's listening. You know, certainly we all have our um, sources within the team and and within the players, but still, the the COVID's even made that tough. So we don't have the same opportunities. Um, And I also – I don't know how much of that stuff I believed uh, at the time about Jimmy. I think a lot of the reports that you heard, whether it was Belichick, what he thinks, and this and that, you know, a lot of it is – you know, it's you're serving somebody's interest is being served by that stuff being out there. And I think a lot of the Jimmy stuff was there to irritate Brady and to hit back at Brady and also to motivate Brady. And I think even this offseason after Brady left and a lot of guys were asked about Stidham, I think a lot of people said a lot of really nice things about Jared Stidham uh, that were very similar to Garoppolo. Uh, A lot of the players, you haven't heard much since Cam got here, but I think that's part of – the cam dynamic that he's just this, he's this presence. He's this powerful presence. And, and I think he just uh, sort of dominates the scene. And so he he sort of, he's like a fire that sort of takes on all the oxygen around. And so, yeah, you know, I just think it's, it's tough to say one way or another, no, we haven't heard the same stuff since cam's been here, but I'm not ready to make any big sweeping conclusions on that. Other than the thing I think that sticks with me and a lot of players and a lot of people around this team is what happened to Stidham in camp when he basically tapped out because he was sore and never really mounted a challenge and sort of like was just happy to be there and carry the clipboard after that. And I think, I think he that that's a lot for him to overcome this season. And I don't know if he's going to be able to do that.
0: Yeah. I feel like, listen, it's we've said this a couple of times, you and I, Greg, during this season. It's unpopular to say, but it's the truth. We will find out about this team in the off season, and we will find out yep. what Belichick really thinks of Cam and really thinks of Stidham and all that kind of stuff. We will find out because they are in a position that they've got to make moves. They have the opportunity to make those moves, and we're going to find out an awful lot about some of these guys, the Nikhil Harrys, the Stidhams of the world, uh, and and what the plan is moving forward. And if obviously the Patriots. Go a completely different pathway and, and and find two different quarterbacks via draft, trade, whatever they do, then you know Stidham wasn't really the guy in Belichick's eyes at all. And, and he he wasn't feeling it. And also that Cam was just, hey, we're kind of stuck in the middle of this thing. Let's just fight through the rest of the season. And then once we get yeah. to the offseason, let's just kind of reset the whole damn thing. So we'll find out in the offseason. Unfortunately, that's all we can say. Like we don't know what's going on. As you said, you're not in the building. COVID's weird, and we're just trying to fight through this thing, and we'll eventually see when all is said and done how Belichick truly felt about some of these players. He's Greg Bedard. I am Nick Cattles. It's the Greg Bedard Patriots podcast with Nick Cattles. Episode 27 in the books. Later this week, we'll catch up with you. Of course, we've got a preview. Anthony Lynn's Los Angeles Chargers, and I think one of the first questions I've got to ask Greg in that show is going to be, how will Anthony Lynn screw it up on Sunday? Because that's what he does every single week. Until then, uh, be good, be safe, be healthy. Uh, the podcast coming up later this week. Patriots and stuff.